also have to ask you, it looks to appear now for those that don't have a visual here, appears that Mike is live from the Augusta media room. I, I don't know if there's a live report from there or what's going on, but do you want to comment on your background? <laughs> uh, well, you know, big news today. I'm just sitting here waiting, you know, in Augusta, waiting for Fred Ridley to come out for, with the big uh, news that Augusta National is working with Argentina to get Angel Cabrera's visa, you know, set up so he can come back to Augusta. Because he out of jail? And hell got out of prison this week. Yeah, oh, okay. that's the big news. So he's out, so he's out of prison. Um, but he can't uh he can't he couldn't come back to play the masters because it, they he doesn't have a he's like a felon, so he can't leave the country. So I thought maybe Fred Ridley would start working some phone calls here and uh grease the wheels a little bit to get a former champion back. But <laughs> I don't think so. He's uh I don't think Augusta wants the once a guy with like multiple domestic violence, uh, <laughs> domestic violence charges to come back to Augusta. I think he served like 30 months in prison. You know, I'm picturing him in prison and, you know, we, I don't know. I saw this video the other day about, you know, how golfers always, you know, do like their pretend swings everywhere. You know, they're, they're filling up, filling up their cars in the, in the gas tank and they're just kind of sitting there waiting, practicing a golf swing or whatever in the classroom or whatever. But, I could imagine that, that, you know, he hasn't picked up a club in how long is he doing? Is it like in his room, like taking a couple practice swings? Is he just trying to like, is he trying to put himself to bed, like going through his round at Augusta when he won it? Like, is he, or is he just cold Turkey? Hasn't thought about golf since. Maybe he's like working in like the laundry room and he's got the towel under the one arm, you know, working, <laughs> that would working, be great. Working, working on his takeaway, trying to make sure it's right and everything. <laughs> In some Argentinian prisons. Maybe today's the day I brigade. What the ball to draw, but it keeps on fading. No OB and no bogeys. I gotta keep it on the 80 is the gold. Would you hit it on one? Straight up the gut, baby. Now I got a wedge on my short game cravings. Little bit of edge on the sport makes gravy. So punch out the rough and tune to break 80. Break 80. Episode 64 of the Break 80 podcast. Dowd's here and with me tonight as my co-host, Short-Sighted Mike. Tim is on the road and can't make it. So you will be uh, just you know flying with two of us tonight. But uh, Mike, rumor has it, and it's been, a, it's been an ongoing process. But you uh, finally broke the seal this past weekend, and you shot under par. It had been, uh, it had been a little bit of a, of a struggle bus for you, and uh, you're back. Yeah, sub 70, sub 70 at Detroit uh, Country Club. Six birdies will do that. So, you know, if I would have, if I wouldn't have broke that with six birdies, then I just <laughs> hang it up. The quest could be over. But yeah, hit it pretty well. Tim and I um, and Zach went up to uh, Bemidji Town and Country. Uh, then we went to Detroit Lakes Country Club and then we went to uh, Alexandria Golf Club. Literally, as the resorters was finishing up, the men's chap was going to a playoff and we're, and we're teeing off playing um to play the big three resort courses so i think we'll probably kind of wait till next week when the, the pine to palm is this week and they'll all be over we can kind of talk about some of the winners and some of the golf courses when tim's able to be here too so 
But yeah, we did it. We, uh, we we finally, for the first time this year, it's been a long go, it's August, finally got under par. Yeah, so for those of you that tuned in for that, we'll probably do a little bit more of that um, next week and talk a little bit about those three big-time amateur tournaments here in northern Minnesota. Um, I also have to ask you, it looks to appear, now for those that don't have a visual here, it appears that Mike is live from the Augusta media room. I I don't know if there's a live report from there or what's going on, but do you want to comment on your background? <laughs> uh, well, you know, big news today. I'm just sitting here waiting, you know, in Augusta, waiting for Fred Ridley to come out for, with the big uh, news that Augusta National is working with Argentina to get Angel Cabrera's visa, you know, set up so he can come back to Augusta. Is Angel- he out of jail? And hell got out of prison this week. Yeah, oh, okay. that's the big news. So he's out, so he's out of prison. Um, but he can't uh he can't he couldn't come back to play the masters because it, they he doesn't have a he's like a felon, so he can't leave the country. So I thought maybe Fred Ridley would start working some phone calls here and uh grease the wheels a little <laughs> bit to get a former champion back. But <laughs> I don't think so. He's uh I don't think Augusta wants the once a guy with like multiple domestic violence, uh, <laughs> domestic violence charges to come back to Augusta. I think he served like 30 months in prison. You know, I'm picturing him in prison and, you know, we, I don't know. I saw this video the other day about, you know, how golfers always, you know, do like their pretend swings everywhere. You know, they're, they're filling up, filling up their cars in the, in the gas tank and they're just kind of sitting there waiting, practicing a golf swing or whatever in the classroom or whatever. But I could imagine that, that, you know, he hasn't picked up a club in how long is he doing? Is it like in his room, like taking a couple practice swings? Is he just trying to like, is he trying to put himself to bed, like going through his round at Augusta when he won it? Like, is he, or is he just cold Turkey? Hasn't thought about golf since. Maybe he's like working in like the laundry room and he's got the towel under the one arm, you know, working on his takeaway, trying to make sure it's right and everything. <laughs> in some Argentinian prisons. I think what happened, I think they, it's a crazy story. He, you know, must've did something. Cause I think he was accused of domestic violence by multiple women. So uh, not, not, not to make light of that, but then he flew. How did the story go? He flew to the United States to play in some event, might even been a champions tour event, which I don't know why you'd risk going to prison over that, but that triggered like Interpol. Cause he was like a fugitive on the run now. And then when he flew back, I think he flew back to like Brazil, they arrested him and put him in some hardcore jail, like outside of Rio de Janeiro, like a hardcore prison. And then in like three months, they they transferred him to Argentina, but now he's out. But he can't travel back to the United States because of he, does, he has no visa. So I don't think we're going to be seeing Angel at the Masters anytime. We won't be seeing him. Uh, I, I do think he still has one of the best like club twirls of all time. Yeah. Going into 18 there. On the, the, I mean, was that the playoff or was that the just birdie to, I can't remember, but one of the two. I can't remember because I think he almost won a second time too. The yeah. Adam Scott year, wasn't he in contention? The yep. Adam Scott year, I think too. He was right up there. Yeah. Yep. Well, uh, you know, it wasn't quite the Masters, but it was uh, It was some intriguing TV. The Wyndham Championship uh, was this week, and it was the final regular season event and i think the whole purpose of the when we had something like let's just put it this way we had something like this when it was 125 it wasn't that exciting because it's like no namers are trying to battle to get 
But this actually had a little bit more intrigue, I have to say, especially when you have guys like Justin Thomas, guys like Adam Scott, Billy Horschel, you know, guys that names that we know that are trying to get into that top 70, I think actually made this golf tournament somewhat entertaining to watch, uh, especially on Sunday to see um, who's going to get in because it's, you know, it's like anything else. It's like, you know, when it's so many people, it doesn't really have much significance, but when you're down to 70, I think we had talked about this when they first decided that it's going to hopefully bring a little bit more intrigue and, and that's the only reason why I really saw, you know, Justin Thomas at some of these tournaments because he has to play well to get in. So anyways, it was a little bit of drama. Um, Lucas Glover gets the two-stroke win. We can talk about how he did that. I will say, like, it always looked like Lucas Glover was, like, does he have, like, a permanent cry face or something? Like, every time I see his yeah, face, maybe. it looks like he's, like, like tearing up, but he's not. <laughs> so I couldn't tell. Like, he he's, getting like he's always puckered, like he's, like, just yeah, stuck on like, a lemon. yeah i can't tell i I just couldn't tell if he was but i think that's just natural his natural look but uh yeah i don't know decent tournament decent ending i guess there was a a rain delay so that didn't really help things especially russell henley finished boy boy, Henley just henley they just froze they iced him that mother nature just iced russell henley just all went to shit after that but uh yeah big props to the tour for doing the 70 uh player cut this year i think it did add a lot of juice the last not just this week. Look at the 3M guys that wouldn't have came, showed up. Justin Thomas, a few others. I wonder at the end of the day if Adam Scott's not kicking himself for not playing the 3M. Because he ended up 72nd. It was Justin Thomas was 71st and Adam Scott mm-hmm. was 72nd. Now, if the tour had their way, um, you know, no, um, I don't want to take away from Ben Griffin, who's 70, and whoever else is at 69th. I'm guessing the tour would have JT and Adam Scott there, but uh yeah, JT made a charge, almost chipped in to get his way into uh to the playoff, but I mean, it almost made the coverage to me a little bit unbearable too. It's like it's great, but they're showing, you know, <laughs> Justin Thomas every shot is just like is they think you're just hanging on your seat. Okay, here's Justin Thomas on the fourth hole. Uh, you know, what's going to happen today? Okay, well, I, I don't know. He's got 4 hours still. Maybe, maybe by the end we could figure it out and then he hit a great shot and almost hold out a chip and but uh well for speaking of justin thomas i do give him a lot of credit because i think he's handled other than maybe tim's question at 3m where he got a little bit negative i think he's handled this whole thing pretty well uh he's handled it with a lot of class he seems like he's he he hasn't turned down he hasn't run from interviews they interviewed him again there during the rain delay that, you know, all this, they ask him all the time. Um, he's, he, he showed up to Minnesota for the 3M and he was grinding there on the range at night and Saturday after Mr. Cut, he was putting. And it seems like, now maybe it's all for show to try to get on the Arctic team. I don't know, but um, it seems like he's been a stand-up guy about it all uh, where some guys would have just, you know, not talked to the media or anything and just, been bitter about it but i think props to jt for that but yeah shane lowry didn't get in the top 70 he's out um so there's some big names that missed that that missed the playoffs yeah i think you know i just kind of going off jt again i think he is going to take a lot away from this week i think he finally felt like he played like jt i feel like he you know he didn't win or anything but he made a charge he played well decently well on the weekend um, feels like he made a few putts. 
Um, I could see him, even though he was short, thinking back on this week and thinking that, hey, I think my game is somewhat there. I think it felt good. The problem is he doesn't really have anywhere to prove, you know, to back it up. Can he go but, to the DP? Can he go play in Europe? Is that possible? Like, I have like, no idea. Like He's probably his wife is like, no way, you're not going like, out of DP. Like, like I wonder if that's awesome. possible. Can he get an exemption and go play in like the DP? And what if he won there? What if he goes and wins the DP? <laughs> That'd be a good TV. Wake up, watch little JT. Yeah, coffee golf. Um, but yeah, we'll talk. We'll talk Ryder Cup um, here in a little bit. Just how you know things have been impacted with that. But I want to get kind of back to you know, how the tournament ended and, you know, we talked about the rain delay and Lucas Glover uh, coming down the 18th. Actually, before that, let's get into what Russell Henley had to go through. So Russell Henley is got a Eagle putt on 15. Now I think he actually, I think he hit the shot after the rain delay. I can't confirm that, but he had an Eagle putt on the short, short par five. You could tell it was a little shaky on the take back and the putt. It wasn't a great stroke by any means. Taps in for birdie. Okay, so now he's got a one-shot lead. Um, And I, I Lucas Glover does not birdie the par five. So he's going into 16, and he uh, hits this horrible, chunky little shot on the par three. And if you saw the footage, it's a big false front, comes back, rolls back, funnels into a massive divot in the rough which it looked like even, live it looked like live it looked like the it looked like a uh sprinkler head i i wouldn't even call it a divot that was like a a trench a world war 1 trench they were just just down in the in the in the trenches you know with their rations and just hiding underground cuz the ball just disappeared yeah it it literally enters into it and it kind of rolls around in it. it that's how deep this thing was and you know, it's a, it's a, you, you can say it's a bad break because it is. I mean, it's, you know, you don't really find your ball in something like that around the green. But the fact of the matter is he hit a horrible, I don't know if it was an eight iron or seven iron and 160 yard par three. I mean, he didn't even barely get it 10 feet onto the green and then it spun off. So, I mean, it's kind of a, a two way street on that thing. But yeah, then he bogeys that one. And, and well, hold on that hole. What I can gather from that hole too, and, and listening to some other players and reading about this is the players knew you had to carry it far enough or it's going to go. There's a huge false front there. You know, there was a bunch of guys. If you didn't, it was coming back down every day, all week long. So he knew he just probably hit a bad shot, bad swing, because he knew he had to get it up there. Yeah, he did, because he had this little one-armed follow-through looking thing where he just knew he didn't hit it. And then on top of that, like, the the pin was the very back. So, like, if we're looking at this, there's a back pin. Then after the back pin, there's a uh, little slope and then after the slope if it goes far enough then you've got the false front so it goes you know elevated like plateau in the back sloping down to the middle of the green and the middle of the green off a false front so he had to at least get it you know somewhat over that middle part to to have a chance and he didn't so that that's kind of on him and then he in the next hole he gets up there on 17 then basically puts one almost ob just a hideous i think it was a three wood he tried to hit fanned one way right he hits this little iron shot that kind of looks like it might run up there and then it disappears on the side of the hill now that was i think a even worse break than the one he had before Mm -hmm. so you know then he's in this and i I think he even called the rules official over like we're talking a side hill with a side hill with heavy rough have you know heavy-ish rough but you cannot see his ball 
it literally is broken and it, apparently again it's somebody's divot because it wasn't now this is the and this is where the the patrick reed rule comes into play yeah, he picked it up henley picked it up looking for embedded like you know people he, rip patrick reed for doing it henley did the same thing though no henley had to though because he had to identify his ball he had to identify it but but he that's essentially the same thing i mean reed could say reed could just say i had to identify my ball no but here's where it's different here's where it's different Okay, so with the Patrick Reed one, he got relief from it um, because it was off his own word. He said, "Yeah, I re- you know, it's he put your two fingers in there, felt that it was." Yeah. But yeah. on this one, the rules official says we saw video evidence of it bouncing once, so he knew it wasn't going to break the, you know, the yeah, earth what, off what the I'm bounce. Saying, what I'm saying is they both grabbed the ball. Yeah, but Reed got relief. Did. Reed yeah, got did, relief but, but after I'm a bounce. Before, yeah, so I'm saying before that, like they, Reed Reed took a lot of criticism for just grabbing the ball and saying it's embedded. Henley essentially grabbed the ball to identify, but you're still grabbing your golf ball, <laughs> like like yeah, you know that's really. You know, but Reed not, also says he he boy. his ball he 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 didn't realize that his ball was under video surveillance, and we and he's got a bounce, and he's got a track record. And he's got a track record. Yeah. So, I mean, it was just, it was, it is what it is. But I will say, you know, Russell Henley, so he ends up making, I mean, he took a full swing on that thing from like 30 yards away and barely got it on the green. Mm-hmm. But I, I will say he, he kept a pretty good attitude for getting really, two really bad breaks back to back. And then he just, you know, fairway on 18 and fans another iron. I mean, he needs to make birdie and he didn't even get it close. Which, so, is, which is interesting because he's a great ball striker. You know, the one thing I... Yeah. These two, with these two, these two guys being in the final, you know, I guess, you know, the the two guys that had a chance to win really made my heart sing a little bit because they're usually two flushers of the golf ball. I mean, Lucas Glover is one of the best ball strikers, uh, maybe in like tour history. He would have won a lot of events if he wasn't such a shitty putter. We'll talk about the lab putter in a second. But Russell Henley is the same. He's ranked like 125th on tour and putting also. They're just both atrocious. I mean, you don't go. I know from personal, from personal, um, you know, from myself doing it, you don't go to the claw or the pencil unless something's not going well. <laughs> you know, like like yeah. that's that like that's one of your last ditch efforts for a putter grip. Yeah, and I I think Russell does the claw, and and then and then Luke. Then here's the thing. So so Henley just absolutely derails bogeys the last three. Um, you know now Lucas Glover basically just needs to to bogey to get in. You know to win, and he yanks a drive on 18, and it hits a golf cart. Why is the golf cart the police police sit, guy? What is why is it there? He's not even like and 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 not to say that he couldn't just pitch out sideways and make. But it would have been a lot harder to, you know, you think about him having to kind of come out sideways and then it's a, it's a longer hole. I mean, he had two, the way it was, he had 220 yards in already and there's a crick that you had to carry. So if it goes all the way in the woods and he pitches out sideways, he's got to hit an iron shot in the pins way back left, upper left. It's not guaranteed that he's going to get on a two putt. I mean, it, it would be a, probably a good chance that he would, but. Double bogey would, I think, at least had a chance to come and play. Yeah, I don't. Not to say it would have, but anyways, yeah, hits this police car and then it kicks back out into the rough, and he can kind of, you know, he didn't actually get it all over the green, but he kind of laid up over the the creek and then makes a sweet wide shot and makes putt. So, 
So, yeah, we got two possible, we got two discussions we can have here on this. And you can talk to divots. We can do that in a second. But should the long putter be outlawed? Your thoughts. Lucas Glover, hor- horrific putter for his career. Like, by, like, not by our standards, but like by PGA Tour standards. I mean, that has held him back from winning. I know he's won an open. He won a major. This is his fifth win. But for how good of a ball striker he is, like top notch, like one of the mm-hmm. best statistically in the history of the tour. To only have five wins means you really suck on the green, which he does by their standards. But now, I believe since he switched to the long putter, he's had a top six finish in four of his last five events. Uh, so what do you? What are your thoughts here? Is 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 the long putter a little bit like cheating? Well, I will say that. For those who have not seen it, he has on video one of the worst putts that has ever been hit in the history of golf. Okay. <laughs> he took a, he had a, like a two and a half footer that he literally hit at the very, very end heel of his putter. I mean, it was one, you think Zalatoris had a bad stroke. This was the worst I've ever <laughs> seen. So he has a problem. Um, you know, in, in Bernard Longer and all these other guys, Adam Scott have gone to this thing and, and I can't quite tell where they, you know, I don't know about you. I've never, you know, I'm left-handed, so they're not just sitting around anywhere for me to pick up and try. So I don't quite know what it would feel like and why it's so successful for, for some of these guys. You see why more and more kinda... of them using them. There's a few other guys out there when you go to like the practice screen, you know, like these last few weeks yeah. when we went to the practice screen, you see a decent amount of them out there. And Scott McCarron, I think, was never a good putter, and he kind of went to one yeah. and started winning. So I don't – I can't – I try to think about what is it actually like because they don't – you know, they can't anchor to their bodies. So it's got to be can, like up by their chin. But it's like – it's kind of cheating because I think they, what they do is don't they put like a thumb over it? And now there's a thumb, you know, a thumb on the top. Now you're now it's not technically anchored to your body because your, your, finger, your hand is – your top sure. hand is between your body and – and you know the putter, so you technically you're not anchoring it, but really, you, you, like if you look at him, you look at Bernard Longer, you can't really tell if it's on his chest or not. You can't tell. You it's can't. so yeah, close. he's bent over the top. Like, you can't see it. It's so damn close that I don't know. I, I don't. I'm whatever. I'm cool with it, but it, see, it seems. Kim yeah, onto it. It's a lot of guys that do. I'm guessing. I I would not surprise me one bit if you know how there was the big trend with Ricky. And Keenan with the jailbird, Lucas Glover's been incredible the last like month and a half with this thing, you know, some best fit. He went from a hundred and he's into the top 50 now in the FedEx with this win. But the last five weeks, I think it was, I saw a stat. He's like top six, like four or five events since he switched to this putter, which it has to be doing something. I have to, I have to imagine that it is, it is kind of easy to re, you know, release the putter head. I just feel like. I feel like it'd be really hard to like get stabby when your arms are so yes. spread apart. It's just a pendulum. It's it's a pendulum got, motion. Yeah, you've got all that pendulum. space and you can't really, there's no, your left arm is, or for me, I'm left-handed, but my left arm would be extended, right? All the way down. So I'm not, I can't like get in here. I just feel like it'd be really hard to make a bad stroke with it. So I don't know. I think it's, uh, I don't really care. I mean, I'm probably not going to go to it, but. But for pro golf, as long as they're not anchoring it, I guess I don't really, I don't really care. I, I think it's kind of fun that guys that hit the ball well roll a few putts into. Yeah. Okay. Well, what about divots? Should they be ground under repair and get free relief? 
So the two issues that we had was that it was divots that were not in a place that you're quote unquote supposed to hit the golf ball, yeah, right? Well, the Henley one was in the rough. The divot was it, like exactly. The so that's yeah. what I'm saying. It was it was not in the fairway, and I think the fairway that is that should be up for debate, right? Because that is the place that you're as a golf course you want them to hit it, and if somebody else has you know, created yeah. something that makes it a difficult shot just because of somebody else hitting there that, 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 that I can see be debated, but when you're, you could get to a lot of issue when you start opening up a can of, you know, a divot off the, off the fairway in the rough, I think we're, we're opening something that we don't want to even get into. So I think it's just kind of, you got to go with the bad luck and yeah, just say I, next time, just hit it better. I don't know. I, I think as a, as a fan, I kind of like that that you have to hit it out of a divot. It adds a little intrigue once in a while to the end. Remember when remember when Paul Casey a couple years ago was in the lead or whatever, and he he hit it into the divot in the fairway on uh with on like the 71st hole or 72nd hole and ended up losing. That was a crazy one. Um so he did he like he just didn't he fatted one out of there or what? Yeah, he had made like a bogey or something from the fairway. I can't remember what event it was, but um the fairway one. I agree. You you hit a good shot in the fairway where you're supposed to hit it, um, and you get a bad break. Now, uh, most of the time, that bad break comes because of course design, where there's a whole. Usually, it's like everybody's hitting iron to the exact same spot. You know, these all these guys all hit their irons roughly the same, so you get an area of a golf course where all the balls feed down to, where everybody's hitting like wedges from the same spot. You know, oftentimes you see it on shorter par fours where it just beat to hell and there's divots. Um, I'll play a little devil's advocate and say, if you went to, you know, getting relief from a divot, then you run into an issue of what's a divot and what's not. At what point is that thing, is that thing considered a divot? And when is it, what is it not considered? You know what I'm saying? Like, one that's like partially growing back and, and all this stuff, you would have to almost have like a, a range of lies. You would, yeah. You'd almost have to have a rules official in every group, basically walking or on every hole going out and seeing, saying, okay, yep, this is good. This is not good. You know, you, you would run, you, you know, you would run into that issue at some point in time where somebody's saying this is a divot when it's not and, and vice versa. Cause they, you know, they eventually all heal. There's the different rates and everything. Um, I don't know. See, I think you just have to go to prefer lies where it's like, all right, if you're in the fairway, you get to pick up your ball and just set it in somewhere where you want it in the fairway, right? Where it's not where where you get to kind of set it down because you're already in the spot where you're supposed to hit anyways, and you're supposed to get a good lie. That's why a fairway is mode to give yes. you a good lie to give it's, you an advantage, correct? It's a, yeah, you've hit the proper shot in the proper spot, and you're supposed to have a you know a, a good next a lie for the next one. Yes. And, and I will say, I, I agree. I, I think it's really fun. Like when it's, when it's coming down to like a, you know, a tournaments coming down and the ball's kind of playing Plinko around. Some oh, of those yeah, it's great. Like it's great it could, TV. it could be, it. it could be ending up in a, in a spot and then we get more intrigue, but, but yeah, I just, I don't, I don't see the difference as long as you're not moving it close to the hole. Like no matter what, no matter what, why you can't just kind of, you know, put a tee down and just make sure that you're not going closer to the hole and put your ball where you want it. In the fairway, yeah. uh, that's I just don't. They play preferred lies half the time anyway. If there's any water, so it's like they're cleaning their ball off, they're putting it down somewhere. So I don't really, 
see what the big difference would be. Yeah, well, what about some other guys here? Ben on. Ben on. He's been on a heater. He's a great story, actually. <laughs> he was corn fairy last year. He lost his card, went down to the corn fairy, came back up this year, you know, got his card back. He's in like the top 40 right now, FedEx. Yeah, I think and, he, he's he's also a is he not wait, I'm trying to think. I thought he is uh is he long putter too? I think he know. is. I think he's another one. Yeah. He's, Maybe that uh, 30, rejuvenated his career. He's 30-something in the FedEx. I also loved on the broadcast when they're in the rain delay, they're talking to him, and his parents are both uh, South Korean table tennis Olympians. Did you see that? And they <laughs> asked him if he was any good at table tennis. He's like, no, not really. <laughs> <laughs> he's actually a good follow on Twitter. Yeah. He's had some good stuff. Yeah, he, uh, you know, he he's always kind of known to hit the ball pretty well, be hot and, hot and cold. Um, I did actually, I was kind of high on Billy Horschel this week. I feel like he's such a technical guy when he's hot. He gets so much like confidence that he is thinking he's the best player in the world kind of stuff. And he, you saw that for three rounds. He shit the bed on Sunday. Oh, horrible. One birdie yeah. last hole. Didn't yeah. play well. And he's the, he's the same way if he's not playing well. You know, he's, he's, you know, gets negative, gets down on himself. I mean, we all see the story of when he was shooting 80 and he's, yep. you know, kind of in tears a little bit there. And that's the kind of stuff that, you know, golf brings us that intrigue. You don't see a lot of grown men in an NBA sitting up there crying about their no. performance, right? You don't see that a lot in a lot of sports, but uh, yeah. So maybe Billy Horschel's rejuvenate. Actually seeing Webb Simpson be somebody. The corpse of Webb Simpson yeah, back, in the, back in the home state. He has not had a top 10 since like this early spring i don't even know when it was he was hurt i think for a while or something but he always does well at this event in, in i his saw that and and he is such a anomaly because he's not like super long like he he played some unbelievable golf for a few years there like and i and it just looks like it, it looked like it was gonna be hard to sustain because he was making a lot of putts yep he has that weird swing where he just whips the club through and tries to save it a lot and it's like he some a point, couple every, every year he just cold hosel shakes a few of them <laughs> so it's like i don't know how he was able to sustain that for a while but yeah as you mentioned too um adam scott played okay this week had a really bad saturday but was not able to or sorry sorry bad friday yeah was not able to um make it in missed it by two shots cam davis was on the bubble though and got his way in he's played okay lately Cam Davis, the Aussie. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, like we already talked about the JT thing. I think it was somewhat intriguing. I mean, I, I do want to point out now that the field of 70 is set. I mean, here's some of the guys that I don't know how they're really in the top 70 because I don't remember them ever really competing for much. So you think of the fact that JT finished at 71 and Adam Scott 72. Can you remember the last time Matthew Neesmith did anything? No. Okay, he's 68th. But I'm guessing um, I'm well. I here. Well, you're well. You're doing this. I will look up Matthew D. Smith and I will tell you right now while you're going through some guys. I, I can't. I can't quite figure out why Bo Hostler is going to be in. I don't know what he's really um, done. He's had some decent finishes. They got second in Louisiana as a team. Okay, uh, so that's. I mean, that can't give you a ton of points if you're getting with a partner. So um, here's here's Neesmith results. Remember, this goes back to the fall. They do that stupid. They're getting rid of that. They're going to start, you know, at the beginning of the year. They do a stupid wraparound. Neesmith had a T9 at the Sanderson Farms last October. 
and then a T, <laughs> then a T two at the Shriners the next week, October second and October 9th of twenty twenty two, and then a T and then and then a T nine at the Zozo the following week. So he had three he had three top tens in October of twenty twenty two. His best finish he got T four at the Zurich Classic with the with the team one this year. And that's the, that's his only top ten of the calendar of the twenty twenty three calendar year. And he's in, in the top seventy. Yeah, it's because of the, it's because of that fall month last October. That's why. So yeah, I just I mean I know Nick Hardy. That did Nick Nick Hardy won the Zurich with somebody else, right? Well, who's well his partner was who? Um, I can't remember who his partner was. Uh, who was his partner? He definitely won the Zurich, but I can't remember who he partnered with to win the Zurich. So his, his partner's know. probably in too, whoever that was. Nick but just Hardy. somebody yeah. was it Davis Riley? No, was it? Uh might have been. Was it? Uh let's see here. It was Davis Riley. Was it? So that's that can kind of tell you why he's in. There's just so I mean, a lot of these guys have it's okay, they play okay, but it's like I just I can't figure out going back to all those fall series, how that can be such a, uh, an imminent part about how they're getting in now. But I mean, because some of those fall events aren't very good. Um, the fields aren't great. So even no. that's got to come into play a little bit. Well, and that's where, you know, it's, it's the same argument with the official world golf rankings. Like some of those shitty tour events in the fall get better, have more points than like DP world tour events with way better players where like Rom will just show up and play in some DT DP event and Rory, but yet this weird opposite field, the shitty event in the PGA tour will be worth more points. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, I mean, Matt Kuchar is making it. He's 50. God, how I just, I, I don't understand. I God. So, so, so we, we a couple, yeah, it's, couple. it's Yeah. We got a couple other guys to talk about here before we move on. Okay. I think JT Poston, sneaky, could make a little run here this next week at, at in Memphis. He's been playing really well. Um, how about here's not a corpse that played pretty well. Charlie Hoffman with an Albatross. T twelve. What when was the last time you heard of him? My God, it's been a long a time. Thursday at Augusta. Yeah. No, he didn't play, he didn't even get in this year. I'm just saying that's the last time I heard of him. A Thursday on, oh. on Augusta. My guy Ludwig. T14 had a terrible, terrible Saturday. He shot, here were his rounds this week. He went 66, 66, 71, one over, 67. His Saturday rounds have been awful. I like every event. He's got, I don't know if he goes out and parties on Friday night or what he's got going on, but uh, he did again for like, I don't know how many events now he led the field in uh Strosky and driving. He's just a driving machine. So once he figures it out, maybe by Ryder cup time, when, when Luke Donald picks him, he's going to be tough to beat. Sam Burns showed a little life. Haven't heard his name since the match play. Yeah. I don't think he's, you know, unless he gets hot, he's doing himself a lot of favors. Uh, and we'll talk Ryder cup here in a little bit, but here's a guy who, <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't know if he's kicking himself, but Steven Jaeger. Ja- I don't know if he pronounced it Jaeger or Jaeger. I don't know. Um, barely missed out on the $1 million Aeon um, risk reward thing that they do. He needed to Eagle 15 to 
win, he parred, and Tyrrell Hatton won the million dollars for the year on the uh there's like every event. Really? Yes, yes. Every event they have a couple holes that are like risk reward holes, you know. Yeah. And, and they Aon, that must be some company that like does risk Sponsors management it. or whatever. They sponsor it and Tyrrell Hatton won it. Steven Yeager needed to eagle 15 to uh, to win it. Please tell me he went for it. I he if he knew and he laid up that guy is on the shit list for sure. Oh, he had to go for it. You think if he, I mean, it, it, it's setting up for a great call, but hopefully he's in, he's in contention sometime. And, and Jim Nance, you know, drops the Jaeger bomb once he makes a yeah, putt. Jaeger bomb. He's German. <laughs> so, even. so, yeah. I yeah, know. I don't know. I, I mean, uh, yeah, I, I got not much more from that. We could go on for days, but yeah, there's a. Uh, yeah, I don't know. We'll we'll see. We'll see where this uh how this new uh playoff is going to work. We're going to have 70 guys. I just not a fan of I just feel like there's some some decent names we're missing out on and there's some names here that I just I don't really want to watch play golf to be honest. And some of it, well, did you see? I mean, Lucas Glover just savaged it afterwards. Did you see what he said about it? Yeah, he he wants the 125. He wants because... the 125 and he made some good points. Like if 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 the PGA he said basically if the PGA tours were calling ourselves the best golfers in the world i like to think there's 125 really good players who should be in this thing but i thought it led to a lot of drama having 70 it's better for tv and viewership and stuff um but yeah he ripped it it's kind of crazy but it's a little the whole system before we can move on to the Ryder cup is a little bit of bullshit because there's 70 this weekend at memphis and then chicago and we go the pods going to chicago folks uh for the bmw they're down to 50 and they're no cut events. And then they do that stupid ass, you know, that at East Lake, I, I absolutely hate how they finish it with the, with the different leads of points. Just make it like horrible match play or something like bracket it out and make it a match play or something. We way better. But um, like JT, you know, being in the top 50 gets you in to all the elevated events next year. But JT's going to get in all of them anyways, because they're going to all have sponsors exemptions. You know, they're like one of those elevated events. If some company is, is kicking in 20 million for the purse or whatever it is, the sponsors, you know, damn well, they're going to get their sponsor exemptions in which who's going to leave JT out. He's a big name. Who's going to leave Adam Scott out. Those guys are going to get in anyway into all the elevated events. So it's kind of a hollow number for some of those guys. Realistically, um, anyway but i think it's more of a pride thing probably for for like for jt it seems like than anything yeah i can see that well as we transition to talk a little bit Ryder cup i do want to point out i think it's you know i think it's something that we should probably bring up before we get to Ryder cup stuff the fact that at the greenbrier this week bryson dechambeau gets a win and shoots 58 with a bogey um and no eagle and no eagles no eagles crazy if Stuart appleby can do it then bryson can do it yes there's actually somebody else i think sam sneed did it back in the day too there's that that course okay people light that place up there's been 259s yeah and now bryson shoots a 58 with 13 fucking birdies like that's just insane um but here's the here's the kicker is there a little bit of an asterisk by this one because bryson's 58 was preferred lies there you go. They did not. They did not play the ball down. They moved all the tees. They moved all the tee times up, 
uh, all the shotgun. They moved the shotgun tea times up um, like four hours because it was raining and stuff. And they played preferred lies. So I don't, I didn't watch it, um, but I'm assuming they played them in the rough. I wonder if they played them in the rough too. I didn't see that. I just saw like a uh, a video, like a TikTok, like every shot that he hit real fast. I mean, quick kind of a thing. So I didn't really see the footage as it was live, but he did. He was playing some shots from the rough. So if you're, you know, I think preferred lies in the fairway is one thing. Probably doesn't help you that much. But if you're playing it in the rough too, you can't. Now we're talking a big, you know, a big advantage when you can, you know, get a preferred lie there. If you are um, playing preferred lies from the rough, you shouldn't be playing your tournament. Yeah. You should wait another day because that just doesn't, it's not, that's not golf. Cause yeah, that's, that's, I don't want to see that. But yeah, with him, with them shooting that, like, what does that mean? Now as we, as we kind of actually, I will, I will say this too. If you, if you, um, if you haven't seen it yet, I watched Bryson has a YouTube channel, which I've never really gone on before, but it would intrigue me because he plays a nine hole match against Phil Mickelson, which say what you want about Phil, the guy's entertaining. Yes. And, he, and he's fun to watch in little like match where he can talk, not normal events, but like kind of off the grid events. And I thought it was pretty good TV it was Phil and Tringali versus Lahiri and, uh, and Bryce and I, and it's only nine holes. So it's not super long or anything, but yeah, I thought that was really good. So if you're a YouTube TV watcher, I would definitely uh, check that one out. Uh, you know, Bryson's his Bryson self. Um, he kind of a couple of times I want to just like Bryson come on now, but but uh, yeah, so, good golf, fun to watch. Yeah, okay, yeah. First of all, props to Bryson. I mean, preferred lies or not, 58's 58. I mean, that's crazy. But um, I want to know how the hell Bryson Shambo can shoot 21 under and his team still not win the team event. Torque won again. The Spanish team, I think. No, it's the, uh, yeah, the Latin team, right? I'm trying to find the results here. So who did not carry their weight? Hold on. I'm trying to find the the results there. I don't like their damn uh, iPhone app here. Let's see if I can get the right results. Greenbrier. While you're you're doing that, I was just going to look up and see that if if you haven't kind of paid attention to the Ryder Cup points, Bryson DeChambeau is 50th. On the points list. So, I mean, he's there's a good chance he's probably not going to get a phone call. I don't think so. Okay. So, Bryson shoots 20, 23 under par, and their team does not win. Paul Casey, five under, Lahiri, 10 under, and Chucky, three sticks, 12 under. By the way, uh, Greenbrier is crazy easy. Everybody shoots under par on the PGA Tour and stuff goes there. Torque won by three. D- David Puig, Shot 16 under. Jocko, 9 under. Seabass, my guy, Sebastian Munoz, 12 under. And Mito Pereira, 17 under. So they took the team title for like the third or something uh, week. The individual player. Let's see who else played well at the live here. Oh! So wait, Bryson shot 23 in three rounds, right? Three rounds, yeah. Two, nine, and 12 under. Big Dick Bland got third place. Is, is, uh, Is Luke Donald maybe... Maybe maybe Ludwig might get squeezed out by Big Big Dick Bland <laughs> on, on the European team. How about this one? Fifth place, Matthew Wolf. Is he back? Seven, seven, 16 under after Brooksy ripped him. 
He kicked Brooks's ass. Good for him. Yeah. What Wait, Brooks is back to not carrying on these. You know, probably. These... What did Brooks shoot? Let's see. I'm going going down. He's still, I'm Phil got twenty sixth. I'm still I'm outside the top thirty. Dustin Johnson, man, thirty two. He's a Ryder Cup hopeful. Um, he read thirty seventh. Brooks Kepka forty first. He shot two over. He shot five under day one, then even, then two over. Siwon Kim did beat Jed Morgan, so he did not get dead last. <laughs> yeah, so, the- I, so I, I just want to point. I just want to, you know, point. Do you think you know? It, there's a lot of hype now, but but you just Zach Johnson can't give Bryson a call, can he? Hi, uh, you know, there t- there's been a lot of talk actually because Bryson's played pretty well in the majors. Yeah, about him and Taylor Gooch because Gooch has won like two or three times. But the problem that both those guys have is they were just assholes when it came to the live breakup you know they 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 were part of the lawsuit and they made all kinds of comments you know guys like brooks and dustin johnson just left and didn't they weren't part of the lawsuit they didn't make any you know comments about anything uh so i think i don't know i don't, I, I don't see him picking brooks or i mean not brooks brooks is gonna make the team i don't see him picking bryson i just he doesn't fit with the locker room guys either i don't think really i mean Last time he was, I know he was part of the most dominant team ever at Whistling Straits, but he didn't even stay for the team celebration. He left to go to a long drive competition. Like, That's right. And and then let's, I mean, his, his record is two, three, and one. Yeah. So, and, and, and the golf course, the golf course, even though the European, so I read it, some European players were talking about how it favors Americans, um, possibly because you can cut some dog legs, but it's not, I don't think it's crazy favoring the long long hitter you still have to get around and i think i do think to bryson's credit he doesn't just he knows when to put the driver away he he doesn't just grip and rip all the time anymore but i don't know speaking of his driver he's using the he used the crank driver this week so the driver he used is called it's a long drive driver it's called crank fire ld or something like that it's not it's not by any of the normal golf companies it's a it's a driver that all these long drive guys use and i don't is it even legal i don't even know it's legal by like you like live it probably is but i will say he was walking on the fairway in this youtube video that he he must have filmed it on you know the the tuesday or something of the week because it was you could tell it's like a practice round nine hole thing and he's walking on the fairways like not even worried about my swing this week i've got new equipment in the bag yes He's talking about that must be what he's talking about because he didn't he, say what specifically it he, was, but he's he loving said, his new equipment. He said after the round that ah, I hit it off the heel, it goes straight. I hit off the toe, it goes straight. I'm like, oh, okay. But all these long, you, you can Google it. It's called crank something. It's about crank driver. It's like crank fire LD or whatever. It's like $700. A bunch of these long drive guys use it. It looks weird. But uh, yeah, I don't know. That adds to the 58 story if it's even a legal driver. I don't know. But um, yeah, I don't know. I just don't see the only live guy from the U.S. I see having a sniff would be Dustin Johnson, but he did not play well in the last majors. Um, but at the last Ryder Cup, he was five and zero. You know, they put him out there every every match, and he kicked ass. So I, you know, I don't, I don't know. know him and Morikawa. So him and Morikawa are unbelievable together. So um, I don't well, know what they do let's, there. Well, let's do this, okay? The guys that are in, Scotty Scheffler, Wyndham Clark, Brian Harmer, Brooks Kepka, Xander, and Cantlay are in. 
Stopping all locks. All locks, yep. Yep. And then you've got uh Freddie Couple saying that Homa, Young, and Speeth are also in. So let's supposedly. say that those supposedly. So those are those nine. Let's say that they're in. So I want you to give me your one, two, three, four, and five. If you had an order that you'd go down, who would be your one? Who would you and this is just your you know, there's a you could go a, a number of different ways. You could go based off of how they recently are playing. You could go off how they performed in the past. I, you know, it's your, it's your logic, your call. I just want to know okay. what is your personal one, two, three, four, and five. Here's, here's what I think. Uh, okay. So we're going to go on the rankings. One through nine are all in, correct? Yep. Okay. So we're, li- we're really looking at a few guys here. We're looking at Keegan Bradley, Morikawa, Sam Burns, Ricky Fowler, Justin Thomas, Danny McCarthy, and maybe Dustin Johnson and maybe Tony Finau, but he hasn't shown me anything. So I don't think God Sam Burns passed Ricky Fowler in the rankings this week. I didn't realize that. I think they take Ricky. He's earned it. He has been incredibly, incredibly consistent. Um, he won once. He's a good putter. I think he's great in the team room. I think part of this is, I think for, you know, you, you got to realize that the United States it has not won in Europe. It'll be, it's 30 years, three decades. They have not won over there. And I think part of it is the Europeans have a different way of doing things. It's more team cohesion, you know, guys that, that fit the room. Um, and the United States just goes off of who's, you know, you know, whatever, here's the rankings and all that. I know they've tried to fiddle with the, way they do picks and stuff after like, you know, Horschel got hotter and hell there in the playoffs the one year and then didn't make the team. Um, but I think you take Ricky. I, I don't, I don't see how they leave him off. So he's your one. He's one of them. Yep. He's going in there. Who's your I two? Think, I think you take Morikawa mainly um, for a few reasons. Yes. He hasn't, he has not been consistent this year at all, but you're going to a golf course that has like supposedly like nine kind of blind greens. It's a ball strikers golf course where you got to be accurate. You know, the greens have are crazy undulated. You got to hit it into small spaces. He still is thought of as maybe the best iron player out there. He, I know he has trouble off the tee once in a while, but you put him in the alternate shot things with a, with a good driver of the golf ball, you know, and you got a really good team. Uh, so I think they take more. Plus, he's he's 26 years old. He's won two majors already, and he's in your top 12 in points. How are they not taking him? Ben, and he and he was and he was undefeated the last one. I think. Who's your three? Okay, so this is the big decision. I think unless something crazy happens at the FedEx Cup playoffs, you got Keegan Bradley, Sam Burns, Justin Thomas. And Denny McCarthy, I think your four, your best four. I think for Denny McCarthy, it's going to take, he's got to win one of these two events. That's the only way he gets in, I think. Do you agree? Yeah, I, I just don't see, you know, I, I know that, yeah. I don't see the upside with him. I, I know that he can impart and things like that. He's a world-class putter, yeah. You already world kind class. of have like a Brian Harmon kind of on your team they do. already. They do. If he wins, If he wins one of these two events, which are like elevated events, he's going to be on the team. He's going to mm-hmm. jump way up in points because he's right now he's in 15th with, with 6.2 million. 
and Morikawa is seven point one million. If Denny McCarthy wins three million dollars, he's going to jump up into like I don't know seventh, sixth. You know, it's going to it's based on money one. So if Denny McCarthy's going to need to win, so we'll, we'll just say he's out. Um, Sam Burns to me needs to do something. I know he's, I know he somehow went up a point. Well, he went, he played and Ricky didn't. That's basically what happened. Sam Burns got T12 and he snuck ahead of Ricky by, you know, barely. Um, so Sam, Sam Burns, the only thing he may have going for him is, you know, who his best buddy on tour is Scotty Shuffler, Scotty. And they play together all the time. So you could pair them together, you know, um, but I'm going to say he's out. So now we're down to Keegan Bradley and you know who? Justin Thomas. Um, I God, I can't, I just, I can't, it's weird. I can't see them picking Justin Thomas, but at the same time, I can't see him not on the team either. He's like the heart and soul. Him and Spieth are like the emotional leaders, the guy, the rah, yeah. rah guys, you know, they're like the, and they're a really good team. Not to mention Justin Thomas is one of the, if not the greatest match play player, maybe in the modern era the United States has ever seen. He's 16, five and one in the, in Ryder cup and president cups. He's an absolute ass kicker. Um, but I got, I got, I got him as my, like if I had to go in order between top priority to buy, he's number two on my list. Yeah. I mean, I, I, if, if, if it's me, I would pick him. That's Just what I'm me. saying. I, that's yes. what I want to know what you would do. Oh, I would take him. Yeah, for sure. Okay. So who, I don't the, know. Like, that's what I'm trying to Oh, so okay. yeah, but if you, I want to know if you had the, if you were Zach Johnson, who is your top five? My top five. Okay. Yeah. So, okay. If I'm Zach Johnson, I'm taking. Who are you taking? I'm taking. Rick or just give me yeah. Fowler. Yep. Okay. I'm so Ricky, Ricky your Fowler, one. Ricky Fowler, Morikawa, and JT. I'm taking so those three. So in order is Morikawa your number two? Yeah, probably. Okay. And Morikawa, then JT, so I'm taking JT. JT three. Okay. And my and my thinking is mainly that, you know, for years the Europeans did this. They didn't give a shit who was playing that well. They threw Ian Poulter, they threw his ass in on every team, even though he hadn't done shit half the time. And look at who shows up to play during, during match play all of a sudden. Ian Poulter's out there with his fucking weird dyed hair, you know, fist pumping and and making putts. And I think JT's that kind of guy. I think if you put him out there with Jordan Spieth, I don't care how he's playing. Those guys are going to find a way to play well. I just think they will. And I think JT showed a little bit of life here now. Um, but I, it's, it's this is the pro, here, there's a problem with this, though, is it's kind of a bad look because the United States has changed the way they do the Ryder Cup multiple times, mainly to get away, you know, the standings and everything. They changed for a while because of the Horschel effect where he got hot. He got hot during the playoffs, but the, the picks were never were already done and all that. So they're like, well, we got to wait. They've also changed it to this, um, you know, six automatic in, and then the next six, whatever, you know, usually get picked, but they've kind of got away from the good old boys just picking, you know, the buddies and this and that. Well, if you take Justin Thomas, you're kind of shitting on the system because he's done nothing. You know, all year he's fifteenth in the rankings right now. Uh, you know, it's not like he's fourteenth. Is he? Is he? Is, is he fourteenth? I think he's fourteenth. So it's not like you're. It's not like a huge stretch, though. Yeah, he's fourteenth. No, it's not a huge stretch, but 
the only the only way he's not 30th or lower is the PGA Championship last May. Yeah. You yeah. know, that's like he's got 6.5 million points. Probably 2.5 of those are from last May's PGA Championship. So if he's at 4 million, he's way down, you know. If he was at 4 million, he'd be behind Chris Kirk. But so, I'm going to put a butt there. Yeah. But he has equity built up. Like he has that. Like it's not like, you know, he's played in these. He's shown what he can do. To, like sometimes what you've done in the past has earned you a little Correct. bit more lean way than other people. So like that's why I have him as my number two. I have Ricky one, JT two, because I just can't look at these other guys and say, oh, let's, you know, let's throw Denny McCarthy or this guy on there. No, but he, but. Keegan does have equity. That's the weird one. But he's my three. Yes. Now, and not only that, I love a fired up Keegan. Yeah, he's good. Like, I would... Part of it is that. Like, I love a fired up Keegan. I love a fired up JT. I have um, no problem with Keegan making the team. Not at all. He's played well. Although my only issue there is the elev. He has not been a picture of consistency either. He's all over the board, but he won an elevated event, which got him 3 million points which is why he's he's there. Um, his other win was in the fall, you know, one of the fall events, which doesn't really count, but he gets points. But yeah, I'm with you. I, I have no problem with Keegan. I like Keegan. He's been good in the Ryder Cups. Yeah. So you, would, you would leave Morikawa off? Yeah. Here's why. Well, you know, he's played in one before, but he's not playing well, and his partner's not there either. So, you yeah. know, the team of him and DJ that were whatever – Ripping uh, up five everybody. and oh, Morikawa won his individual match too. He did not lose in the Ryder so, Cup. So, so yep. And and I just I don't. I think part of that is you know the the mantra of the squad isn't there. You got to find a new partner for him. He's not playing great anyways. Um, no, I, I have no problem leaving him off. I just think I actually had Fino as fourth over Morikawa. Yeah, and Fino played well in Paris. He did. He was the only one that played well because he makes birdies. Um, but. The thing with Morikawa is I think when the Zach Johnson looks at the golf course, he fits the golf. I mean, you could put him with Wyndham Clark, a guy that really drives it well and, and putts pretty well, and you get Wyndham Clark hitting tee shots and then Morikawa knifing irons into really small wind. You know you know how the Europe, the Europeans set these courses up way different than the United States does. Mm-hmm. You know, like look at Hazeltine, for instance, when they were here. They, the Europeans bitched about how wide the fairways were, how the pins were in the middle of the greens. They And then they went to France the next time, the fairways were incredibly narrow. The pins are always in real small, you know, where you don't have a big window to hit to. So that's what it'll be again, like at Marco Simone. And and Morikawa is the best iron player, you know, maybe on the planet. Um, and he's, he's still, he's, he's he'll hit the irons pretty well, well this year still. Um, so like in the four, in the foursomes, you know, the alt shot, he's a pretty good guy to have, uh, you know, hitting approach shots, but yeah. he doesn't putt that well either. So it's kind of a weird, he's a kind of a weird, he's kind of a weird. He, uh, yeah. Mix. He, he showed some life at the rocket mortgage and he hadn't had much life in there because he had the two way miss. Like he had yeah. this cut that he plays that wasn't cutting. And so like, that's where he kind of lost his way. And so, you know, he wasn't hitting his irons great. And he finally said, I can trust what my ball is going to do. And, and that's where you have the, the Morikawa that's won majors, but if he's reeling and doesn't know if his ball is going to cut or not. Yeah. That's I mean, another thing. 
realistically, it could come down to let's say it's Keegan and Morikawa who plays better these last two weeks, the next two weeks. Maybe, yeah, maybe, maybe, or you know, or or they might just. I Zach Johnson's in a no-win situation with Justin Thomas. If he picks him, half people are going to be like, "You should pick him," you know, like us. Like he's, you know, he's going to be a machine in the Ryder Cup, which he probably will be, even if he's playing shitty. And then half people are going to be like, "He didn't earn it." You know, you can't. He can't. You can't win by picking JT either way, unless they unless they go win it. They go win in Rome, and then all that goes away. Well, um, if he picks, well, again, I know the the standings are kind of not all that fair for for live. So like, you can't really wherever Dustin Johnson and and, and Bryson fall on there, it's not really. You know, uh, I'm not sure yeah. what the word is, but yeah, it doesn't doesn't really say how how they they've played because they don't get points, you know, for for live or not, but. You know, when it comes to the team thing, I think Keegan's a really good team guy too. Like, I think he, like, I think I a think lot so. of guys like Keegan. I think, um, you know, I love watching him play with Phil when he was partnered with Phil at Marion. Uh, was it, where were they at? Was it Marion? Uh, Medina. Medina. Yeah, Medina. Yeah, the, yeah. the Medina comeback. I thought, I just think he brings energy. Like, I just, I like watching that. If I'm, if I'm in between, you know, Stoic Morikawa and Keegan that shows some fire, I want some FIAs getting well, thrown you out. Gotta... I want some fist pumps. Yeah, you guys, you have to have guys when you're going over there, especially that can embrace that environment of them. You know, you getting booed and stuff and all that. Um, I, I would assume a lot of this just boils down to, you know, I'm guessing you know Fred Couples and I'm sure Tiger has insight. He usually does, and Zach Johnson and Stricker and those guys sit down. It must come down somewhat to who they want to pair together in the foursomes, you know, because you you're gonna you're gonna put for sure. Xander and Cantlay go out together every time. They've been almost unbeatable together. They're unbelievable. And if if you were to pick Justin Thomas, him and Spieth go out together every time. You just throw them out there. Now I would so, so then you only have to pick two more other teams. And you're not gonna and in to me, a guy like Brian Harmon probably pairs great with Scotty Scheffler, you know, because he makes putts. You know, and Scheffler's going to hit things close in a four ball, and then Ryan Armour can just go up there and sweep him in because he's got so he so good. But um, I would assume if JT doesn't get picked, don't you just throw Ricky in there with Jordan Speed? They're buddies, you know, and just I, say go I would get say it. That's pretty good. I, I, I'm Probably. curious to see who they partner with with Kepka. Yeah, you know, I think I think Kepka is sneakily liked. By I, I, and I agree. I agree. I think, I think especially on the Jupiter area, I think he's got yeah, some Jupiter, Jupiter PG. But um, I'm, I'm just curious on who who would who would that be though? Yeah, I mean, there's a, there's some good. The thing is, and the U.S. has some firepower because you got Cam Young bombs it if he makes the team. Homa's really good, you know. Wyndham Wyndham super talented, hits it a mile. Um, they've always but, looked good on paper though. They all, they, they always, always look do. good on paper. But here's the thing though. I think you look at the the European team just quickly here. Of these two sides and I, I get it we're still a ways away. I think the European team is trending more than the US team. Um because you got uh Rory uh played well again, you know, plays well plays well at the majors. Rom played pretty well at the open. We'll see what they do in the uh, in the um, FedEx. Robbie Mack played pretty well at the Scottish. Made the cut at the open. Fleetwood's been playing great lately. Uh, you know, and he's he's a proven Ryder Cup player. I mean, that in France, him and him and uh, 
What's his name? Francesco were, were laying in bed and all those foods because they were undefeated. <laughs> That's good. Um, you know, I think Hatton's had a good year. Shane Lowry will make the team, even though he didn't make top 70 in the U.S. Um, I think if you look at their guys, Justin Rose, sneaky, pretty good year. He's been playing a lot better. He'll make the team. Uh, Matt Fitzpatrick. If you go back and you look at Matt Fitzpatrick's year, I know he hasn't won necessarily. He has a ton of like finishes that are like top 10 to top 15. He's played pretty well. He, he won at Hilton Head. Yeah, he won. Yeah, he won RBC. He was yeah. not good in the last Ryder Cup. At uh, I don't think I don't think he won a match at. Uh, when he first started making those teams, they, they didn't even put him out. Besides, no. he, he wouldn't even get. Yeah, and you yeah. have Sepp Straka, who I think makes the team, who's a birdie machine. He's played great the last month, so they're kind of trending um, in an upward trajectory. I, I think you know, and Hovland's been great, you know, all year. They're they're very top heavy. I think so. I think where they struggle as the bottom end that's where guys like ludwig might get in there because their bottom end guys are like you're you're gonna take adrian moronk alex norton thomas dietrich's played well you know lately i don't know i if i'm on the european team i would love to play with victor hovland well yeah i mean just you know personality wise ball striking wise i mean just the just seemed like a really good dude to go to battle with. You know what I mean? Who do you I mean, I wonder, who do you pair with Tyrrell Hatton for like ultimate <laughs> shot? Like, like that's gotta be a crazy one. Well, can you just put him and Rom together and just hope that the, the fire and the swear words and energy just uh overpower the opponent? Yeah, because he won't have Sergio this year, will he? I don't think so. I think um I know Rom, I know Rory and Sergio kind of made up and uh but Sergio got his like dp world tour thing revoked and these teams are picked differently the united the pga tour does not run the u.s team the pga of america kind of does we're in the european team the dp world tour is the runs the runs the the thing and they and sergio is no longer a dp world tour person because of live stuff so i don't know he has basically the greatest rider cupper in the history of europe though like he's won more matches or more points than anybody but oh, he's played, sure. but he hasn't played well. He's played awful. But I think again, he's one of those guys that, in a normal, if there was no live, and he was just playing shitty on the PGA Tour, he's one of those guys that they would just pick as a captain's pick, kind of like a JT for the Americans, and just say, "Here you go, it's Ryder, it's Ryder Cup time, show out." And he probably would, because because some of those guys get up, you know, live for that stuff. I think I'd put Ram with Fleetwood. You know, kind of like a yeah. kind of kind of like a Sergio ball striker. You know, kind of kind of goes on want want the big stage when he's at home. Yeah, I, I don't know. I just I think that that would be a good fit. You think you put who do you put Rory with? Do you, do you pair him with the other Irishman or no? Yeah, I mean, you find a putter a guy that's going to make putts because you know Rory's going to hit it in there. Um, I don't know. Rory doesn't have a great Ryder Cup record. No, he, doesn't. He, he doesn't. So I, you know, I don't know why. It seems bizarre that he. But um, well, maybe the, you put maybe you put Hatton then with Hovland. Maybe because Hovland won't give a shit. He'll just smile and. That's <laughs> where. That's what. Like going back to Justin Thomas, I just think, and again, why we probably both would pick him. Some people just have an innate ability in that kind of setting 
and in in, in those kind of matches, match play to get the job done. I mean, look at Tiger. Tiger was not a good Ryder Cupper. His record's not very good. And, he, you know, it just it's just, it's a different animal than a stroke play only you tournament when you got a teammate and, you know, team and all that stuff. I think Tiger embraced it later in life when he got kind of tighter with some of the guys, but he's yeah. he's got such a different brain and mind to yes. operate in a team aspect that it just doesn't doesn't always work out. He wants to kind of just be in his own lane and not worry about anybody else. And so I think yeah. that's part of it. That's yeah, that's where like I think again, that's right. That's where I'm at with Justin Thomas is embrace that more European mentality. Like they would throw they would throw Ian Poulter out there with guys like Andy Sullivan made the European team that one year. Guys that are basically dead right now. You never hear of them. Nicholas and, Colharts. And they'll throw yes. and they throw Poulter out with them. Poulter, who's not playing well before the Ryder Cup, and they'll win matches somehow because they're feeding off, they're feeding off each other. They're making pots. You know, that's that's what Spieth and JT do. They feed off each other and they just go out and play well. And I, I just I still can't see I I think they'll pick them somehow, but I, I don't know. It's going to be, it's a weird situation for Zach Johnson because he's roommates on the road, you know, with Justin Thomas, they, they like stay together. Yeah. That's awkward. <laughs> so it's, I don't know what's going to happen there. Well, I don't know anything else that you want to bring up. It's been a nice little chat, you know, back and forth here, but I've got nothing else to to bring up. Nothing else. I'm glad that you know, the other P, props again, on the PGA tour cut into 70, gave the Wyndham a little bit of juice anyway. Yeah, like you said, even the 3M had a little bit more than it normally would have. Although oh, I saw kind of a, I don't know where I saw this, but I see that the 3M next year is sandwiched in between the Olympics and a major again. So yeah, it's July 22nd to 20. Yeah, just eesh. shitty. I will That's say even worse. Super pumped up for the Irish Open next year. Royal, Why is that? Royal County Down. Mm. We're playing at Royal County Down, which has been world number one. Um, multiple times, great one of the world's truly great golf courses is that uh, at the Irish Open. Oh, oh, I know we forgot Celine Boutier just on a tear right now in women's golf. I missed it. What'd she do? She won the Scottish Open again. She oh, won really? The, won the Evian and then she won the Scottish Open. Um, so she's won two events in a row heading into the Open Championship this week for women. So if you're a big coffee golf fan, which which I am, you get up and you get to watch the women play at Walton Heath outside of London, which is a Heathland classic. Um, you know, it's not it's not a seaside links. It's a Heathland course, which is the other kind of course kind of they have there. And it's really good. So what are, what are we going to see? We don't see a lot of, um, you know, it's no it's no coast. So we're going to see you got bunkers, you burns, got trees. Gore. You'll have some you'll have some pot bunkering and some bunkering. It's kind of like. um it has it has a lot of aspects of Lynx golf. There's look, there's a lot there's heather, uh, you know, and if you hit it into that stuff, it's a mess. Um, but it's like if you look up pictures of Walton Heath, it's got trees kind of on the outskirts of the golf course, and there's some trees on some holes. But you also have a lot of like of bunkering that's got the fescue on the walls instead of, instead okay. instead of the instead of the terraced kind of, you know, the line bunker walls, you'll have like fescue on the walls and, uh, but it's got a ton of uh, Heather, you know, you hit into, and if you get in there, it's like a 50, 50 chance you can hit out of it or not or whatever. But yeah, it's a really good um, looking golf course. So it's, so it's a little bit different than what you're used to for open championships, but cool to watch. And I was just going to bring up one more thing here before we sign off. I thought I've been following the, uh, women's am out at 
Bel Air. Well, we got the four Minnesotan, University of Minnesota gals. Yes. And I saw, I was hoping Emma, uh, Scrum is how you say it, had a really tough finish. She was dialed and then she went triple and then bogey to finish. Oh, no. Um, yep. She was even par and then got to one under, which is right there in this tournament. I mean, four under leads it, but one under would be top 10, basically. Um, then she went triple and then bogey. How about, um, so, how about the others? So she is three over Emma Carpenter, uh, six over, um, just didn't make birdies or actually finished birdie birdie, which was a great finish, but you know, had kind of a tough start. And then Grace Kieran three over and Isabella McCauley's two over. So our best right now is T 57. Um, McCauley's played in some big, she's played in the U S open before. So she's played some big time events now, the USAM and the U S open. But uh, the, the future is bright for the Gopher women. Yeah, it should be a good year. So uh, that's all I got. Uh, we're hoping to start firing up some interviews here, too. Hopefully get some, some yep. other voices on the pod. I think you're probably sick of listening to us babble. More than likely. More than likely. So, <laughs> more than likely. Yeah. You, didn't have, you know, you got a week off from Tim, which, you know, maybe you needed a break <laughs> from Tim. But <laughs> so, all right, with that, the uh, difference between 79 and 80 is everything.